I want to talk to you today about two questions. What is your wound and what is your word? We're learning together about the soul from Dallas Willard in his book, Renovation of the Heart. And you have one of those. It is the deepest part of you. That's why you talk to it as though it were another person. There's mystery. It is able to integrate all of the different functions that you bring to the world, your will, your ability to choose and create that's so good. Those thoughts that ceaselessly flow in your mind and then the feelings that are so powerfully attached to them. And then your body, that's your little power pack where your kingdom begins and it's full of habits. Great that you can outsource your life to your habits, but then sin gets in them and our habits can really mess us up. And appetites, wonderful to have an appetite be drawn to what we need for life, but our appetites can be very unruly and they can master us. And then our relationships with other people, that's a deep part of our identity. We couldn't live without them, but other people, what a mess they can be. Your soul is what uh, combines, draws together, integrates, harmonizes that so that you have just one life, so that you can experience shalom, and then you can be connected to the larger world, and even to God. That's the soul. But all souls come with a wound. And you might reflect for a moment on what your soul wound is. How would you name it? Dallas puts it this way. Uh, often in early experience, there will be deprivation or suffering that distort the soul and leave it receptive to malfunction and evil in many forms, or simply leave it stunted. The protective walls of the soul seem to have been broken down by pain and evil, leaving the person at the mercy of everything that happens. And we all have that experience of seeming to be so vulnerable to what's going on around me or to me or even in me. Dallas writes, there is a developmental order in the soul such that if it doesn't receive what it needs to receive within appropriate periods of time as it grows, its further progression towards wholeness is permanently hindered. It will never be what it might have been. And we all know that pain when we look at others or when we look at ourselves, we have this soul wound. And yet the soul's capacity for healing is also remarkable. The resilience, nothing is more fragile or uh, tougher than the human soul. Truly, Dallas says, we are fearfully and wonderfully made, Psalm 139. The human soul is a vast spiritual, non-physical, but very real landscape with resources and relationships that exceed human comprehension. And it also exists within an infinite environment of which at our best we have little knowledge. We only know that God is over it all and that the soul, if it can only acknowledge its wounded condition, manifests amazing capacity for recovery when it finds its home in God and receives his grace. The soul constantly needs to discover meaning 
and purpose and significance and withers a part of it, no matter how old we are. I was talking quite recently to somebody who is guiding me through the process of applying for Medicare. And I was saying a friend of mine told me that you can get free gym membership with Medicare. Is that true? And he said, well, it depends on your policy and stuff, but they do want the elderly to be active. Oh, really? Is that the category we're talking about now? The elderly, you want to put me there? And of course, that's exactly where I'm headed. And all of us are eventually, or else the alternative, which is even worse. But what's true for folks, including the elderly, all kinds of studies are on this. People need to be needed. And one of the great problems for many people who are aging in our world is that they do not think that they are needed and the soul cannot abide that. That's why uh, elderly folks who are given a pet or even a plant to care for do better than people who have nothing that needs them. That is a great soul wound. If you were to name your soul wound, what words would you attach to it? For me, as you might know, if you listen to these very often, the phrase glittering images kind of does it. My soul wound is this need that I have to try to prove that I'm significant, that I am worth liking, that I am more than just a little man putting on a show. And I'll want to impress people with trying to make them think I'm smarter or stronger or better or nicer than I actually am. We all carry a soul wound. And you might just think for a few moments, what is it in you that most needs to be healed? You know, one of the old, old names for a pastor is a curate because they were to be uh, involved in the cure of the soul. And ultimately, only God can do that. Maybe for you, it's anger. Maybe for you, it's fear. Maybe it's some kind of an addiction that you cannot let go of. Maybe you were rejected or neglected when you were quite young and there's a neediness or a pain inside you that just will not go away. There is a soul wound. And if the soul can acknowledge its wounded condition, then it can begin to be healed. But then we need to find our meaning or our purpose, or our significance in God in order to be healed. And we're learning that about the soul also. This is so good, I had to read it. This is also from Dallas, but it's a different book, so I'm kind of cheating. This is called The Divine Conspiracy. And he writes, a human life or a human world is one that holds together. Remember, the soul is what holds us together. In terms of the future, it essentially involves meaning. Meaning is not a luxury for us. It is kind of spiritual oxygen. It's just like the body needs oxygen or food to survive. The soul needs meaning. Human beings shall not live by bread alone. Physical body needs bread, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And a word has to do with meaning. Dallas writes, this life structure is mirrored in language where meaning and meaningfulness most clearly display themselves. Thus, if we hear only a word, we talked about the word date. If I just hear the word, I don't know, is it a verb or a noun or an adjective? I got to see it in a sentence so that I will understand. Events in a human life are like that, Dallas writes, and so is a human life as a whole, as well as human life itself. Those events resemble the opening words in an unfinished sentence, paragraph, chapter, or book. In a sense, we can identify them and grasp them, but we cannot know what they mean and really are until we know what comes later. That's the difference between a book and a dictionary. 
My wife, I think, is a terrific writer, but she doesn't really like to write. And she's always obsessed with, can I be done yet? Her editor was telling her in a recent project that she needed another 20,000 words from Nancy. So Nancy said, I will send you a dictionary. Knock yourself out. You can choose the words. Well, of course, that's that's the work of a book. That's the difference between a book and a dictionary is a book has meaning. A book has coherence. A book has a narrative arc to it. And meaning is that way, whether it is with a word or whether it is with a life. And a life that is defeated by a soul wound is lacking in meaning. There's a remarkable movie, Citizen Kane's often judged the best movie of all time. And it begins with Charles Foster Kane, the central character is an old man uttering his final word. And that word is Rosebud. Uh, spoiler alert, if you've never seen the movie, uh, you got to turn this off now or else I'll save you a couple hours because it is kind of a long, tedious slog. He's a very powerful man and he was one of the wealthiest men in the world inherited through his mother a gold mine when he was a young boy, separated from his parents. He'd been out sledding when his mom finds out that he's going to be this wealthy. And so she sends him away to be educated. And then he's the head of this media empire, goes into politics, uh, admired, but also hated and also feared and ends up pushing everybody away. So the movie is about the quest of this reporter to try to find out what's the meaning, what's the significance of this life. And he thinks, when he finds out that's Charles Foster Kane's last word, if I could just find out the meaning of the word rosebud, then I would know. But it is elusive. And in the end, the final scene is this enormous cavernous room, like the size of a football field, filled with statues and paintings and unbelievably valuable possessions, objects of arts that Charles Foster Kane has acquired over a lifetime of power and wealth and fame and pleasure that he has tried to use to cure his soul wound, but could not. And the final shot in the movie is a sled being thrown into the furnace where all of his possessions are being burned. And the name on the sled is Rosebud. With his dying word, he was naming his soul wound. That was the little sled that he was sledding on when he was torn from the side of his mother, the only person whose love ever touched his heart. And yet, even if they had been able to find out that was the meaning of Rosebud, it still could never explain the mystery of a life. Other people have been wounded and chosen such different paths. There is something so deep about our life that eludes us. Really, Citizen Kane is simply a reflection on one single statement of Jesus. What does it profit a man if he gains the whole world in Xanadu? Kublai Khan, a stateler pleasure dome decreed, the movie cites. Does it profit a person if they gain the whole world, but lose their soul? So they are divided in what they will and choose and create and think and feel, their habits and their appetites. And ultimately, only Jesus, the great physician, can heal our souls. So we come before him for his word, for his meaning, his purpose. I was reading today, Paul wrote to uh, the church at Thessalonica in chapter 2, verse 13. You received the word that came from God to you, not as the word of people, but the divine word, which is at work in you 
and he uses the Greek word energel. We get our word energy from that. And I was thinking, words work in us. The way that food or oxygen works in our body, the wrong word, power, wealth, sex, pleasure, works in us. It comes out in our behavior and the things that we say and the things that we do. But it can also be a good word. And that's what happened to that church that Paul was talking about. So now today, what's your word? What's your wound? Your rosebud? What eats away at your soul? What's the word that you would like to have, that God would like to have at work deep inside you? Maybe it's love or peace or hope. That's my word today. Hope, hope or joy. Allow the word to begin to work to heal your wound and cure your soul. I love you. Talk to you next time.